All right, welcome back to the Red Cedar Wrap. This week, Matt and I discuss basketball with the game after Binghamton and looking forward into the top-ranked match against Seton Hall. Then we get back into football after the disappointing loss to the Illini and then talk rivalry week about Michigan. As always, let's get it. Spartan Marching Band. So we opened up the show with that because of some tragedy that happened over the weekend with Cassius Winston and the Winston family with his brother Zachary committing suicide on Saturday night. Um, it was surreal to wake up to that on Sunday morning. Uh, it made Saturday night's disappointment in football somewhat, somewhat trivial. I don't know if you felt the same way, Jake, when you... Woke up to it on Sunday and heard the news. It came out that he got hit by a train, and he didn't really know what to make of it at first. At least I didn't. And then when he went into Sunday night last night, and he saw the emotion both from the family and from Cassius on the court when he decided to play, um, it was a lot. I think it shows that how life goes on way past sports and athletics and to show the heart of Cassius and the Winston family it, it's something that I can't even words won't even put it for how awful and how difficult in life that would be and it also goes to show how big the Spartan family is and how caring and how many people have reached out? You know, I mean, Izzo was with him till four a.m. You know, the, and then you hear stories of how tight the team is. Uh, I mean, Cash is his babysitted ex's daughter. It just shows how much it is a family. And you see players from the past reaching out, um, commenting, knowing Smoothie, and just showing the love. And I think that, I mean, I, I was in tears during yeah, this. It was crazy. Yeah, so smoothly being the nickname for uh, Winston's brother, Cassius Winston's brother. Um, Yeah, I definitely was in tears, teared up a little bit when I watched the the, the entrance they had and the moan of silence they had at Breslin last night. It was surreal. You know, no one knew if he was going to play or not. And obviously his 100% decision, whatever he wanted to do, he chose to play. I mean, we're, in my opinion, and it doesn't matter, but if I, he was, like you've mentioned, being around the family that is Michigan State basketball, at hopefully at least for a few moments there, he was able to feel some sense of relief of some sort. He played lights out too, which was great. I mean, he looked like he was playing in slow motion and how easy it was for him. Though, when he, when he hit that first three-pointer, it was, like, the best. It was, like, I got excited for it. 
I mean, <laughs> like usually I wouldn't be excited <laughs> for like a three pointer by Cassius Winston in a game against Binghamton in November, but I was sitting here watching the game by myself, like actually like rooting, cheering for him, like screaming out in my own house. So, I mean, even just his assist. I mean, the the steal to the full court flip. Oh, the back underhand pass. Yeah. Oh man, it was sick. I it just to be able to play at his elite level, catching a double double. With that in the back of mind, I don't think I could go through my normal day, and that no. just shows the strength and resilience of one of the nation's top players of the year. And I think it shows a lot for the team to be there for him. Yeah, you saw Kyle and X come out after the game, and they had him at the press conference and just talking about how they're going to be for there for him, whether he wants to cry or he wants to laugh. They'll be there for all all that for him. And you know it's it's real. That's how you know the brotherhood there is real. Yeah, and kind of on a serious note too, you know, it, it, if you look at Cash's Instagram, he posted probably one of the most heartfelt it things was real. I've ever written. It was real. It's just, you know, that, you know, I had to take 20 minutes and just gather myself because that was a lot. But, you know, I think it's hard to help those that are in suicide risk. Um, yeah. You never know what people are going through. You know, that yeah. he, Zach played, well, he didn't play, but his he was on Albion's team, and they played us, what, two weeks ago? Yep. In an exhibition. He was there, sideline with an injury, I believe. Biggest smile on his face, you, you would never know. It's one of those things that's like, you never know what people are going through. You know, and I and I think Cash said it well too. You know, for the next person, I want to be there to save them because it's what I think you would want. Um, so I want to give out the National uh, Suicide uh, Lifeline. Uh, it's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Again, that's one eight hundred two seven three eighty two fifty five. You know, there will be someone there to listen. You know, everyone's life matters. So if you need or feel that you need to talk to someone, someone's there for you. And then on to the other tragedy that happened this morning in the Michigan. I mean, like rains and pours, right? So Charles Rogers passed away this morning at the age of 38. He was probably the most electric athlete I would say that's played at Michigan State football in the modern era at least in my lifetime I would say yeah he was a freak athlete and he he was so dynamic in college um, unstoppable I would say a wide receiver I would have loved to seen him if the injuries never came yeah you know I'd love to seen I you know you can say all you want the greatest it never was and 30 for 30s but man that man was electric, like you said. I mean, the plays against Notre Dame, both at South Bend and East Lansing, the catch when he had in the back of the end zone in East Lansing with the toe tap. Unforgivable. Unforgettable. And he was amazing. And it's sad to see life end so early. Um, yeah, it's just back-to-back things like this for the Michigan State family. At a time, it just sucks. It really does. 
and like I said before, it kind of puts into perspective everything. You know, usually we come on this podcast and we just start spewing our our takes and our thoughts on football and basketball, which, in the grand scheme of things, maybe not the most important thing, but it also you see the power of sports too to bring, like you said, people together. So, yep. and I think it it really shows positivities because if you can pull anything out of it, <clears throat> really. The, the the strength of this Spartan family is probably on this basketball team is probably the best I've seen ever. I mean, you know, I, I've always said we're a family. I've always said that is, but you just see it yeah. and you believe it this year. Yeah, this group of guys this year and last year, I've never seen the camaraderie and chemistry that they have. We've had great teams that were very close-knit and played for one another, but this team is it's a different level, I'd say. Things they've gone through with Josh being injured, Losses that they've dealt with earlier in their career, obviously this Cassius thing now. Everything they went to went through with the media and whatnot. I think they've really bonded together, differently than any other team. I I would say. Agreed. Now we got a lot to talk about, though. We got a lot more on it. We've got a lot of basketball, a lot of football. Uh, where you want to start? You want to start? Uh, let's basketball? start. Let's start basketball. I mean, okay. a little more positive note going from that. We'll start with the game last night. What we see moving forward here this week. All right. So last night was a lot of fun to watch. Enjoyable. We needed it. I'll say that. Wouldn't it nice been to have that before the Kentucky game? Yeah, I mean, they used to do that. The Champions yeah. Classic used to not open the season. They used to get like one or two games before yeah. playing the. Champions Classic, and then they would play it. Would it but, change anything? No, but it would have been no. kind of nice to see Bingham and and Kit there, and even Rocket at points too. Just like feeling the flow and the chemistry in a game time situation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, I mean, obviously it's being intense. You can't take too much out of it. But what I like about it is that we're playing like we're in more like January and February, and it's game two. Yeah, they moved now, the ball really well last night. The ball had never stopped. They pushed the ball well. Unselfish. Everyone got shots off. Everyone pretty much got to play. Everyone looks like everyone almost scored. Almost everybody that is a main contributor. I know. I and I mentioned it before, but I, I loved how Bingham came in, put in. Man's, man looks like he can hold is he the ball is he going to be a factor this year? I think by there for these watching these first two games, I just he like, may be. I'm just like, well, now I'm not mad about him being off the bench now. The yeah, guy had blocks. Guy can protect. Guy, I mean, the one pass that came in was kind of like a little bit low. We bobbled it around and still put it in. He's got kind of hands in the in the paint, and you know, obviously, so tall that he can dunk it at any point. 6'11", he is so tall. And he his, his arms are so throws. long. <laughs> he yeah, hits his free throws. For a big touch. that big, sure, put him down low. Let him let him bang. You know? If he can get there and get three-point plays and hit the shots that we, you know, a lot of the bigs miss, love it. You can see he has, like, guard ability. Like, you can tell he used to be a, sh- <laughs> a shorter kid. Pretty sure that's what it was. He had, like, a growth spurt later on in his high school career. So he played guard. Like I think he's more like six two to six four, and then he hit that crazy spurt. So he still has like those like guard tendencies and somewhat capabilities. 
you can kind of see that the way he plays. He can handle the ball out the perimeter. He's a toughen up still inside, but it's good to see him get in there, get some rebounds, like you said, block some shots, put some balls in that around the hoop. He didn't really. He, I think all his points were pretty much for from inside layups and stuff. Yep, dunks. Yep. And we have fifty points at some point in the paint. Yeah, we were dominating. I mean, Binghamton is not good. But no, and you're right. I guess I can't really. But still, I mean, the way, like I said, they pushed the ball. Cassius was getting his, hitting his shots. Rocket, he is still off on his shot, but you can see the flow of the game is coming to him already. Taking to the hoop well. He's not afraid to shoot, I'll tell you that. Like, yeah, no. He'll, it, he'll, it looks like they're going every single, almost every single time. Like, it looks good. It's not like he's forcing anything, in my opinion. I think there's a couple where he pulls the, you know, if I don't see anything, I'll do a dribble between my legs and pull a three. He did them twice last game, but both shots weren't terrible. Like that, no. well, that will start to fall. Yeah, and it's interesting because you see those on teams like Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. You get those guys that can just do it. I mean, Maxie pretty much did it to us mm-hmm. first game. We don't really run that, and it doesn't really fly. But I think Rocket's going to get away with it. Not if it maybe not be this year, but in the future. Yeah, maybe later on this year. You know, you, you might start seeing those drain. You're gonna be like, all right, that's fine. I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. You need a quick three, pull it. Then he saw Henry got his, you know, he played much better <sighs> this game. Than I game. felt like that's the Aaron Henry everyone saw about yeah. the athleticism. He's like efficient, he's, too. Efficient. Oh like he doesn't God. waste movements. He's He was like, what did he even shoot? He was mis- made most of his shots. Oh, my gosh. He, he shot incredibly, and he took smart shots. It was nice to see. Now, again, being with Tim, a lot of wide open shots, easy to create for yourself. Um, but still, I think they played very well. It's still nice to double a team up, you know. Mm-hmm. 100 to 47 is not bad. That's what like, that's what we needed as a team just to get that, you know, get the fan base. Nothing to worry about, you know. If that game would have been close. People start skateboarding. Just blow them out. It's a sign of a good team. Just blow teams out. Teams that are your way better than them, don't let them hang around. Just Nope. Insert your dominance from the beginning. I also like Gabe Brown uh, dribbling the ball. Yeah. Coming up, pushing it in. Uh, you saw it in Moneyball over the summer. It's like, okay, is he going to be like the Quaid and sit on the three-point li- three line because he can hit it? Or does he pull a little bit more and get in, in closer? And I liked it. I liked that he made those calls and pushed it inside because he's got moves down there. Mm-hmm. That, that Julius Marble dunk. Oh, grown man dunk. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, Julius, don't hurt him, man. Jesus. I didn't even think that was physically possible, like the angle of it and everything. You saw the bench went nuts. That was hilarious. Yeah, It's still hilarious seeing Steven Izzo out there, though. He is so small compared to everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure Tom just puts him in the corner on offense. Like, all right, we're going to throw you in the corner. Maybe we'll get you a three, but well, we got. We had. Wanted, I think we had all walk ons. Everyone wanted him to shoot. But I think all walk ons there at the end. They, everyone wanted to shoot because everyone wanted points. Like yeah, Brock Washington got a point. Yeah, we Burke we were, got a point. Yeah, we went with the Burke, Brock Washington, is Stephen Izzo, George, and Hoiberg line up there at the end. That was the full walk ons. That was great. It's always good when you get the walk-ons like that. You you know you're in a good spot when you got the five the five walk-ons all playing together. A lot of sons of coaches on there. Oh yeah, yeah it's a, they earned it, I guess, at this point. Um, couple things that not going to say that they're issues today because they could 
potentially get better anyways. But again, seven for 25 behind the arc, 28%. I mean, again, these are wide open threes too. Now, Tillman took a couple more than I I thought he would. Um, One more actually than he thought he would. But And Rocket was one for seven, Cash three for eight. But 28%. Uh, you know that can't be the na- the number moving throughout the season. Yeah, they're Killer. getting looks too. That's the thing. They're not taking bad shots, which is no. crazy. These aren't going down. It's just hope. It's only two games in, but you know, yeah. Never good. Again, I'm not going to take anything against that now, but keep that on the watch alert. Basically, keep an uh, eye on it for sure. Second one, lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of them was basically an air ball. Yeah, it's he's not off to a good start. I'll say that for the the doubters and the and the haters he has out there, he's not doing anything to silence them or deter them from those thoughts. Now, I like the rocket bringing the ball up and cash on the wing. No, that it's is a different nice. look. You get cash off the ball. I love that. So you can change that. But lawyer's going to be needed this season. He's going to be needed from. Anywhere between three to seven minutes any given game. And what are we going to do between those three and seven minutes? Now, hasn't been too bad, but it makes a big difference. Now, I think where we might get lucky is we might get like a Tillman, Bingham, or Kithier, and maybe Joey comes out in the second half. I don't know. But are we are we gonna get the verdict on that at some point? Dude, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> it would it would be incredible if we got a verdict on it anytime soon. But still, they're still uh, NCAA is still waiting. I mean, there's still it's not just us that are waiting on to know if someone's gonna be eligible or not. There's still multiple well, teams. They're saying and now players. it's gonna look like maybe half a season. Which yeah, I saw that rumor too. I but get, I get I'm starting that. to like. I think that's more realistic than we were going to get. No, I get that. But I heard that rumor too and saw it. It's like where if people know that, then you think the rhetoric would be coming out. If the word's already getting out, then let's hear it. That, exactly. I heard that rumor was it Thursday or Friday last week. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's funny because we get this like, oh, we're hopeful. Nothing happens. And then well, not so hopeful. You're hopeful for that moment. And then after it doesn't come out, you get I get less hopeful. But then something comes out where it's like, oh, it's pretty favorable. Or like slightly yeah. a little bit more favorable. I think we're looking for anything at this point. Well, right now with Bingham, Kizier, Tillman, those guys down low, I'm okay right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. But let's shift this up to Thursday. Yeah, big Hall. game this week. Huge game because I would – be very distraught if we walked out one and two after three games yeah Uh, but it's gonna be a tough game this is not an easy game it's huge game which we've been talking about before seton hall is getting up for this they've had it circled they've said it in the newspaper already this week that they've had this game circled all summer their fan base is they don't usually sell out the prudential center is where they play it's a pretty big arena they don't really Ever fill it out? They only open up the upper deck for about a handful of games. They said like five or six games a season. They open up the upper deck. Upper deck is open for this game and close to sold out, if not sold out already. So there will be a lot of people there. Now their best player in all preseason All-American, Miles Powell, went down with an injury over the weekend. Yeah. 
And it sounds like he's not going to be able to play Thursday. So you always want to play the best. I understand that. But it's also somewhat like a break where you don't have to play their best player. Possibly. They still haven't come out and said he's out. But they've also said, like, this could be a prolonged absence. So they're kind of being vague over at Seton Hall of what exactly is going on. They came out today that it's just sprained ankle. It's not broken or anything. So Yeah, but even then it might not be out for this game by Thursday even with the sprain. Yeah. it's It sounded like on earlier today and this weekend they're saying it was going to be out, but now at the last report it's, like, very vague. So and put it this way, Powell in his first game against Wagner, 30 minutes, 27 points. Yeah. He reminds me of, like, a, a poor man's James Harden. Yeah. He's lefty the way he, like, plays. He's, like, the college version, I'd say. Then he goes in Stony Brook where he actually gets a tweak because he only went in for four minutes of that game. So not 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 saying that they're terrible without him because they can still get buckets. I mean, they've got a ton of returning individuals. It's interesting. They've got a lot of smaller, quicker-paced uh, versus banging down low. Um, but yeah, interesting to see they're how they're typical like Big East team, in my opinion. You know, they play a not the most disciplined brand of basketball. Very East Coast. Most of the kids come from New Jersey, New York. Play kind of that. I don't know how to say like say street ball, but very like uh, up tempo. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the most set driven. They don't run that many plays. Just kind of just go. Um, so it'll be interesting. To they're see how they're kind of they can beat anybody. I feel like, but also like lose anybody. Like you saw them last year in the tournament, they lost first round to Watford. You know, they're just that kind of team that if they get hot one night, they could beat a top ten team, man, or they could go cold from three and this lose anybody. Like they're not. That's why. That's why they're scary. If they're on when they play us, we're in trouble. But we, I could also. It's like either they're, they're going to beat us in a close game or we blow, blow them out. That's where I see it at this point. It's like they're, if they're on, we're going to be in a, in a battle and they might get us by one or two. If they're off, we're beating them by 20. Now, I think the big thing that you said is like being up for this game. I mean, this is probably the biggest game they've had on campus. I think that is a big factor, but what we've already gone through in game one and game two, just on like, camaraderie and team building and just big stages i think we handle that i think we've already been built and tested for this now so i think a lot depends on where the team's head's at for sure yeah of course i think we've got enough depth to be able to handle it um i think our our, our kryptonite going into this is gonna be fouls you know, don't get into foul trouble. Hell yeah, I mean that's every college basketball game. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, that was very vague. I mean, I but no, but it's right. You're, it's hundred percent true. I mean, look, look at the Texas Tech game last year in Final Four. You lose Aaron Henry in the first Kentucky like couple minutes. Year. It's like yeah, exactly. It changes the whole game. So can we be smart on Thursday and not and not get into foul trouble in the first half? Yeah, if we keep our guys on the floor, I think we'll be just fine. Especially if there's no Miles Powell. Now they have a guy, Quincy McKnight, senior. It's kind of like that, like like a Powell where he shoots from anywhere, free-flowing guy, always thinks every shot looks good. So he was one guy we had to lock down. But I think you're right. If the, if we can stay out of foul trouble, keep our stars on the court, we'll be, we'll be cooking. We'll be all right. Cool. 
Uh, obviously, I think we both are picking state to win this one. Yeah, uh, I'd say state by double digits. Wow. Okay, so over, uh, you know, spread out yet. Yeah, college football, yeah, college basketball doesn't come out for spread until like the day before. Exactly. So, because t- you just don't know who could be injured at last yeah. minute. But let's say, let's just give it 10 points. Yeah, I would say like 10 to 12 for sure. Yeah, I, I know I said 20 but earlier, <laughs> but I'll go with 12 point win. I'm going to go with an eight point win. I think it's be a little closer. Okay. I think, think we, we freshmen need to step up, and I don't know if game three is it, but. If Powell was there, if he plays, then that picks void. I re-pick. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, takes I'll void. To, it's not I'll how tickets to, uh, work. Exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's roll. That's basketball. Let's roll into football now. Not that that's any positive light into it. Um, but let's so here, this is how it is for me. Just spit it. After the Wisconsin game, I was angry. Okay. After the Penn State game, I was just apathetic. Yeah. Don't care anymore. Now at the Illinois game, I have accepted everything. I have just accepted at this point. What have you accepted? That this is just a horrible football team. <laughs> and I don't think we have the administration to make changes going forward this year. And as much as I've been saying that Mark Antonio needs to leave after the season, I don't believe that he will. Nope. I don't think he is either. He'll have no pressure from above him to leave. He's too stubborn to take it upon himself to retire and leave. He's obviously not going to get fired. I think he'll make some changes. I don't think he'll make enough changes that will satisfy the, the fan base. And there will be a record number of record number drop in sales of season tickets a record drop in donations and there will be never a lower point in the Mark Antonio era. The fan base does not believe in him any longer. There will never be a lower point than this off season. And I've accepted it and I understand it's coming and we'll just have to roll from there until there's a new AD, which may come after may come this summer. No changes will happen. Our president's brand new. He's still getting the lay of the land of what's going to happen. I don't believe there will be changes. And if he does retire then the season, I will be shocked. I have come to accept that it's not going to happen. Yeah, acceptance. A good, good, good level stage to be at. Especially after an embarrassing loss. Yeah, we didn't I mean, even we talk were... about the game. I guess we'll get into that now. But that was where I was at. Yeah. I I don't disagree. I am I don't care at this point. I think the passion has left. Have you ever been less enthused for Michigan Michigan State week? Like it care less. Oh. See, here's the difference is I still care about this game so much. Like it, like the the blinders are on right now. Like I completely know I'm an idiot. But I really want this win. Of course, you time we play, and any time we play him, I watch twice as hard, regardless, because I've been through the John L. days. I, I I've seen us get blown out. I've seen us lose hell mary catches, and I've seen us win. But there's a blinder on, and I think once this game is over, I can finally just put the season to bed. 
and let football as a Michigan State Spartan just coast on. And knowing that we are years away from competing again. Yeah, I'm already there, but I agree. It's fan base. This is what they live for. That's what we live for is beating Michigan. I don't think I've ever been less enthused going into a game. If I somehow didn't even watch it, I wouldn't even be mad about it. I mean, I know we're going to lose. I know we're going to, it's going to, it's just going to be unfortunate to deal with. I have enough Michigan friends as it is. So I get that and the passion of it of maybe we can win is kind of low, but. And let me ask you this then, because I just thought of this. What, what the probability, the off chance that we win, what does that even do for this program? Does it just confuse you? It makes you us feel good for a day, but it doesn't mean it, 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 will, it will change nothing going forward, to, in my opinion. I think you get the, the bragging rights, which is always fun for a week. It's good for well, it's good season. for a year. It's good for the year, of course. And that would be fun. But Especially on something where we're this terrible. Big picture, in my opinion, it changes zero. I think it hurts. I think it gives everyone more reason why not to change. Yeah. But, yeah, it's I, true. I, realistically, though, like, true. yeah, we got to change. But, like, oh, we still beat Michigan. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm not worried about it. But, yeah, (laughs) I mean, that could be what people think after if we do somehow win. I just don't. I mean, this team just doesn't have it. I mean, (laughs) they just don't have the will. They're not disciplined enough. They don't have the skill. Well, we don't even have half the team playing right now. That too, but even like our younger guys, they're they're fine. It's just like they're not; they just don't have it to win. They're not good enough to win against Illinois, and they're not going to be good enough to beat Michigan. I mean, how many things could have gone wrong in a quarter for that game to lose that game? I mean, I texted you when they tripped at the end zone, start the third quarter, and I said, "Same old shit." (laughs) You did. You called it really early. It's the same old shit. They can't punch it in from one yard out two or three times and settle for a field goal. I mean, they go they're going in to score. They go thirty five three at the end of the half and they get the pick in the end zone. They throw a Hail Mary on the last play of the half to go twenty eight ten at the halftime. I mean, the fourth downs they converted on the last drive, the pick six by Lewerke, the fumble by Lewerke, even though they threw it right back to us right after. Like, Illinois wanted to give us the game. I mean, they missed extra points. They wanted <laughs> us to literally – we were trying to choke it away for them, but they're like, no, you guys can still win if you want. Here you go. And then we still couldn't even do it. And they were like, no, you guys win this game. <laughs> it's like – It was gifting to I wasn't time. even sad or mad at the end. It was just no, like – I was – I definitely – because, okay, so as we talked about, we said bet bet Illinois points. You even said money line, and I give you credit for that. But being that far off, I was like, wow, okay, well, at, least, at least State's winning big, and there goes any kind of bets that we said. Then we get there, and then I watched them cover, and then I was like, okay, we can just, you know, we can stop at any point here, guys. 
and it just crumbled. I mean, I I I was watching the Alabama LSU game at a bar, yeah, and had this on on the phone as well. And there were so many LSU fans at this um, restaurant, and they were going insane. And all I could do is just go, I wish my team had some kind of positivity into it. I wish I had hope in November football. Yeah. But for the last couple of years, you just it doesn't feel like that. No, we haven't had it since 20. I mean, we had a good big game in 2017, and we got blown out against Ohio State. But, yeah, it hasn't felt that way for feeling like four years now, for sure. Um, yeah, the game just slipped away. You could just see it slipping away. Uh, you saw a defeated Mark D'Antonio at the end of the game. I th- He's at a loss. You can tell he's just at a loss. He yeah. doesn't know what to do anymore. And the way he responded to the question um, in the press conference saying, what would you say to the students, the alumni, the fan base, that this is not a trend, this is just a blip, that things will be back to normal? And he says, next question doesn't even answer it. It's unacceptable. Because essentially Mark is the CEO of this program. He's in charge. And... Us fans are like the stakeholders. We have we invest time and money, which is like our stock, into this company. And if things are going really bad, we don't want to hear that. You don't even want to answer the question of are things going to get better? Is this a trend or is this just a blip on the radar? When you don't answer that, what makes the stakeholders or us here, the fans, believe that they should keep putting their money and investing their time into this? They sh- in my opinion, they shouldn't. We shouldn't invest our money or our time into this team if the leader can't even answer the question about what's going to be done to turn this around. And, it, like, and, and the fact that I was even pref- like he prefaced it with saying, what do you say to the alumni and the students and the fan base? Like It wasn't just saying, what do you say to us, like the media? Because that's what you're asking. The media is asking, so obviously he's going to see it come from this media guy's perspective but he prefaced it saying like all the students alumni and fan base of what they're feeling and he was right that's what we're feeling and you can't even answer it it's a horrible look it makes no one want to get behind you at this point and support the team or the coaching staff just give us like the coach speak like all you had to say would be like hey no one is more hurt than these guys in the locker room and we're gonna do everything we can to represent the 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 community and the university the best we can and put our best product out there. We're going to work hard this week. So we know this week comes a big week. Anything's like coach speak. It can be a lie and it could be the most BS that we don't even buy, but it's better than not answering the question. That's a good point. <clears throat> and we've seen this happen so many years now. Like how, how deflated do you feel right now going into one, the Michigan week, but two, we still have Maryland and Rutgers, which are two winnable games, but we've seen time and time again, the last couple of years, these end game season wins, no lock. I mean, Illinois just showed that this week. So, yeah. are we going to lose out the rest of the season? Go four and eight now? I mean, I it's mean, possible. That- I, I don't think we lose the Rutgers. Maryland, maybe, depending on where the fan base is at and teams at. The hard part is we could lose to Michigan and be completely gone. Morale's gone. I mean, we already are close to there. But, I mean, you have a little bit to get up for Michigan. It's still Michigan. You know, there's yeah. something that I can I can energize people with. Not saying that we've energized the team at all this season, but 
there is something there. You lose that one, what's what is going to get you up for Rutgers? Yeah. You know? At that point, well, I mean, you could say. Well, at that point, what we'd have to we have to do if we after the Michigan game is you just have to play your young guys that will have reason to go out and compete. At this point, they're not going to burn their red shirt. So, but is that really what we do? Yeah. Is that really what for we sure. do? I mean, I mean, San Antonio. Let's if you if seniors. you don't if you lose to Michigan and you're playing Rutgers, uh, yeah, you play like Peyton Thorne probably should get in. In my opinion, I'm, I'm not saying that that's not the right thing. I'm just saying, like, do you think that's something we would do? I mean, loyalty and seniors, and you get a couple more games left. I feel like we still, or our teams are still going to play the series. Well, they're going to try and get to a bowl game, right? Like they're going to fight for that for sure. So you're right; they're not going to play the young guys. Maybe if we get up big, they will, but they're going to fight to get to six and six, and it's going to come down to the last day against Maryland, most likely. Here, here's my thing: make it competitive Saturday. This is, this is like my last like wish. I know we're dying. I have no expectations, but like, play competitive. Give me a fourth quarter shot into this game and then like I'll, I'll lay back of course i'll be, little, I'll be happy with it give right. me a, give me a one score and we get a possession in the fourth quarter and that will give me some kind of we can at least motivate people that are four and five on a low, on a very steep train going downwards Give me something that shows me that we can motivate these young kids. Because if it's not this game, I don't know when it's going to be in the next two or three years. Yeah, a blowout may – because I would say 75 to 80% of the fan base is done with Mark. Would you say that too? Yeah, I mean – There's always those lemmings that they hang on no matter what that like, oh, yeah, we stand by the green and white no matter what. No matter – okay, I understand that. People, I see both sides. People, I see both sides. Uh, I get, I get why, you, I get why you're a Mark fan. Like at the end of the day, love Mark. I get so no, I, I, I would love him too. And, but you need to be realistic and rational. When but then, you're they, then at you it. could, you could say the same thing for those people. Be, they're being realistic, saying that Michigan State is not a college football playoff team. Realistically, we are a middle Big Ten team that had our spurt realistically that would be the argument saying so we live in the reality that we don't get to college football playoffs we might compete for big tens every once in a while so enjoy enjoy the ride that you had and then move over yeah but you bend to the top right and so you have to oh i'm with you on that you have to bring in someone that can fight to get us back there because mark doesn't look like he has it anymore and people are scared to do it, right? Because no one knows how to do it like Mark does here. He's done it, you know. Who else knows how to do it like him? It doesn't look like he can do it anymore. So, well, the you, game's changed. Correct. The, the entire game, not not just on field calls, and I mean, even he's changed a little bit and got more conservative. But you know, where's where's the little Giants plays and things like that? You know, what 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 took what took to get us here was risking. There's no risk. It's just he'll pull yeah. one of those this week. He'll try a fake play this week. It's just, but I mean, it's not even the fake play. That's just one small thing. That's, but even recruiting games change. We've said this a hundred times. Recruits recruiting is completely different now. And if you're not relevant in recruiting, then you're not relevant in coaching. They're not relevant, and the fan and the coaches are terrible recruiters. And that's yeah. where we're at at this point. They didn't 
execute when they had a chance when they were up at the top of the food chain to get better. And that's where we're sitting at this point. And it's going to take a lot to get back to the top. And I think you need new ideas to be able to get back to the top. What would hurt is if we do get blown out on Saturday. Like, that would hurt so much. Yeah, I no, yeah. I was going to go like back there. Really be, that really might be turn the last 20% of people that think that Mark should still be here. You know, like, if it's if it's 35 nothing, 40 nothing, 45 nothing. Like, I'm just thinking of that score and thinking about what I would have to watch, like a Wisconsin game. If I watch it against a rival in Ann Arbor and people are leaving the stadium because it's already a blowout and it's already a win, that to me is like the ultimate disrespect. That is like the ultimate. I am, I am just completely given a hundred percent over over it. It's not like it's disrespect. I think it's just you're you're done because th- they will do that. Michigan has won nothing in a long time, and they take great excitement. And when they can beat a team like this, and they can brag about that and put it on their resume, and really, in the end of the day, it means nothing because this team that they're going to beat is going to be terrible and is a terrible team. But they will run it up and brag about it in your face. So that's what's going to happen. And our team is not good enough nope. to stand up to it. They don't have – there's no one there on the team that is, like, the leader to, like, not let that happen at this point. Team-wise, like, player-wise. Nope. Even maybe coaching-wise, too. They're going to get walked all over. I'll tell you the story. <laughs> Well, at least we've got basketball season here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, all right. I think that's good for the huge recap here. Looking forward to, uh, well, hopefully there's a positive football talk next week, maybe. Um, But realistically, it'd be nice to have a Seton Hall win and then buckle up and head into Maui. I love that. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to is. A team and hopefully winning ways on the basketball court. All right, I think we can wrap it up there. As always, go green. Go white.